This is Key the Mic, a podcast on the leading edge of fire service innovation. I'm your host, Inanna Hinky. Join me as we unpack today's emerging issues and the minds and tools at work to solve them. I think most firefighters would tell a family whose house is on fire, get out. I don't think any of us would really say, go grab a fire extinguisher in the garage to go put out a fire that's larger than yourself. I think at that point, it's call 911, stay out, stay safe. Today, we are joined by Grant Vanderyat. Grant has worn many hats and explored many interests throughout his life, ranging from real estate management to practicing law and serving as a volunteer firefighter. We've invited Grant onto the show specifically to discuss his most recent endeavor, which is the design and development of an automated fire protection device known as the Auto Fire Guard, or the Fireball, due to its round shape. Grant travels the country to teach people about fire and modern solutions. Everyone from insurers to firefighters and disabled veterans are learning how to protect their interests affordably with the AFG Fireball. Grant, how did you go from being a volunteer firefighter to an inventor? That's a great question. I think it comes down to just remaining vigilant and observant during the scene. Uh, when you're on a fire scene and you're observing the way things react to fire and the way people react to fire, you just take note and then you go back after the event and discuss it with your chief and your team and your family and it's through that process that I started to identify ways we could improve and started looking for technology that could help advance the firefighting process. Was there any particular event or something that caused you to go out and actually develop a device to help intervene on behalf of folks who maybe didn't have the right tools on hand? I can't really say that there was one particular fire, but I sort of dedicate the device to two fires that were really traumatic in our community. Several people died, and in both cases, we knew where the fire would have started statistically. You know, they started at the stove or they started at the dryer. And coming from the insurance world in my prior life, I know about the actuarial statistics and how precise they are. And I was just kind of shocked that we would know so precisely where fires start the majority of the time, yet those devices don't have any built-in fire suppression systems. So after those tragic fire events, I just went home and told my family, I said, this is, this is just so wrong. In one case, a mother had met her family outside there, and we had cordoned off the area, and she was the person responsible for the fire. So she ran back into the burning building and tried to grab a fire extinguisher and tried to put out the fire and the ceiling collapsed on her and we found her the next day. That's just, I hate to say it, but um, it's a very common tragedy. And I think part of it is there's a seductive element about you can fight the fire, you can face the fire, you can get this fire extinguisher and spray it, you know, the instructions say six feet from the fire. Well, Every firefighter knows that our duty, our only duty, is get everybody out. And then after that, we tend to the fire. And I think the public just doesn't recognize how hazardous a fire is. So, so they sometimes run in under the false premise that they can defeat the fire with a small fire extinguisher. And, th- and that's what happened in that event. 
it was sad. So then I, I went home to my family and started discussing the tragedy of, of the seductive nature of a regular fire extinguisher. Um, not everybody is capable of using it. Not everybody should use it. In fact, I think most firefighters would tell a family whose house is on fire, get out. I don't think any of us would really say, go grab a fire extinguisher in the garage to go put out a fire that's larger than yourself. Uh, I think at that point it's call 911, stay out, stay safe. That was what seduced this mom of four children into the building. And her being the cause wasn't helpful because obviously she took ownership and she felt like she had to stop it. Statistically, we know where all the fires are starting. We need to do more to set up automated systems so that the public doesn't have to face the fire. They should receive one clear instruction. Get out of the house. Save your life. Call 911. And that's it. Let our devices do the rest. So that's really what caused me to come to my family and say, I'm distraught over how things are happening and uh, I wish that we could do more. And it was funny. It was almost an offhand comment made by my son. He said, we have airbags that save people's lives. How come you just don't put an airbag inside of a fire extinguisher? And so from there, I was like, well, what, is, what does that mean? Well, you know, like make them burst and, and activate on their own. From there, I, my daughter said, and make them pretty because they're super ugly. And my wife jumped in and she said, and make them visible so they're not always tucked away in a cabinet or hidden in the garage. And piece by piece, we just kept throwing out these, you know, almost jokes about how terrible the fire extinguisher can is for residential users in particular. I started writing it down. And the first fireball that we ever made, we actually made out of a insulation that came with a delivered wine bottle. Obviously, we, we went through, we said, well, we can't have a fireball that would use metal. So we went to styrofoam instead. And we just kept improving it over the course of several years to where we are now. That makes perfect sense. And those kinds of events that really leave a mark, why wouldn't you want to change the way that things had happened or prevent them from happening, of course, at other events so the device itself, you say it's made of styrofoam. Um, we know that it's round. Could you tell me a little bit about how it activates? Sure. So we actually make them in various sizes for various types of fires. They activate only on contact with fire. So there are fire sensors built around the device. And when they come in contact with sustained flame, then zero to six seconds later, the device disperses using what we call an airburst technology. It actually will create micro gases and fill the styrofoam with a rapid amount of air. And then it pops much like a balloon. We've been able to calibrate our airburst technology to be 100% safe. If they were to activate in your hand, it's not going to hurt you or maim you, I should say. It feels like you caught a professional football when it goes off in your hand. I mean, it, it delivers some power, but it's not enough to hurt you. The chemical inside is pure dry chemical monoammonium phosphate. It's the highest purity that you can obtain. And that is food grade monoammonium phosphate. It's actually a food ingredient. So it's edible, 100% non-toxic for people, pets, the environment, and even food. 
So the device is very effective on fire. It's pure, it's self-activated, and it's safe. How did you decide that this was the right substance to use in your device? I'm sure there are lots of different kinds of fire suppressants, and I know that your family helped you. I just want to hear about how you came to, this is the best design, this is the best material, this is what we're going to go with. It was probably more at first based on what was available to me. I took apart other fire extinguishers and looked at what was inside and tried to reverse engineer why we did what we do with fire extinguishers. Why the straw? Why the trigger? Why the hose? Why the gauge? Why the sand? You know, we mix other things in with fire suppressant in the fire extinguisher. And I came to realize that a lot of the ingredients we put inside of the fire extinguisher aren't actually fire suppressants. They're anticoagulants to help it get through the straw. And by removing that, I just decided I wanted to try dispersing pure monoammonium phosphate. We do add a couple of other ingredients as preservatives to help keep the fire down. And then also in the event that firefighters arrive, we have another ingredient that helps to cool the environment once it's in contact with water. Then from there, we tried to maximize the utility of it. So what I noticed in fire extinguishers was the granule size was actually something you could physically feel. It was, it was almost sandy in its thickness. And the thought was, in contact with fire, this chemical is going to take longer to aerosolize. So if we can grind it down to where it's extremely small, even the size of the coronavirus, for example, then when it just comes in contact with that amount of necessary heat to aerosolize and, and become the active ingredient that binds to the carbon, then we'll get maximum effect. And so that's what we did. We took the traditional powders, we took it to the maximum purity, and then we ground it down to the size of a coronavirus, a nanotechnology. And so when it comes in contact with sufficient heat after being dispersed in the, into the fire environment, it instantly goes to work and much more effectively than the larger granules typically found inside of a regular fire extinguisher. Do you generally recommend the device for smaller home or smaller business scale use or commercial use or both? I think we should have it anywhere that fire is possible. Uh, I put them inside my engine bay in my car. Uh, if I had a boat, I certainly would put one in the engine compartment of the boat or in the galley. RVs, we know exactly where RVs catch on fire. It's the refrigerator almost every time. Sometimes the inverter, sometimes the stove. Well, there's three places where you could put a fireball and eliminate well over 50% of your entire fire risk. So really, any place that could have a fire. Think about on airplanes. We know, we know where they start in airplanes. Uh, yet we have a manual metal fire extinguisher nowhere near where those fires would start. And I'm not objecting to the manual fire extinguisher. I just think there's a proper place and time for the use. It's my opinion the fireball is an area fire suppressant. It, it attacks the area first, and then you can come back with spot treatment with a fire extinguisher if you felt safe. How long has the fireball been available to the public? I know that you mentioned that it's a relatively new product and it can certainly be difficult for fields such as firefighting, which rightly so have a lot of regulations around the way that the practices are implemented. How long has it been around? The fire grenade 
has been around, I've just recently learned, thousands of years. The Romans used to have a similar device. Thomas Edison created a similar device. There have been lots of different variants over the centuries, and we keep improving on it. In the 80s, we ended up banning Red Comet's product because the chemicals were toxic. And so we had to figure out new chemicals. And then the, the monoammonium phosphate came into wide use, and we started using that. Some foreign manufacturers made very similar products, and their products were not able to pass U.S. requirements as far as decibels and toxicity and using certain flash powders. And so we had to go through all of that regulation and testing, which took us several years. And in April of 2018, we got our first permission by the federal government to sell to the public. So the device has really, in its current form, uh, only been legal for sale in the United States since April of 2018. And it's my understanding that the auto fire guard fireball is the only one that has passed all of those testing requirements to be sold in the United States. So the federal government has said this is safe to sell directly to consumers. Is there a specific process that you use in order to introduce it as a potential firefighting tool that's separate? So several fire marshals have said yes, it qualifies, and several have said no. Um, And so that's where it really is coming down to the fire marshal's discretion. You can adopt it through the International Building Code and have an amendment to it to say, we're going to allow for the fireball in this community. Some fire marshals have said they're just not going to disallow it. The real question is, are they going to allow it to substitute for a a regular fire extinguisher? And this might come as a shock. I, I don't really think it should be substitute. I think it should be in addition to a regular fire extinguisher. I think you still need to have a manual fire extinguisher. It still serves its purpose. But you're going to find a better overall fire protection system by having the fireball included in what you're required to have. I've heard that you have a new invention in the works as well. What is the firewall? The firewall really takes the notion of the airbag a little further. We're building it so that you can put it between the studs or between the rafters of a new construction. And you can paint over it and literally camouflage it into your wall. And when the wall gets exposed to fire, the wall bursts out and fills the room with monoammonium phosphate to put out that fire and to safeguard the contents of that room. And then the second device that we've come up with is called the fire stick. And the fire stick is this new technology that is solidified the carbon dioxide fire extinguisher in a form that is an induction prevention system when, let's say, a a battery inside of a Tesla were to get super hot. This solid form of carbon dioxide would react with that temperature and cool it down below the flashpoint of the battery. And so therefore, it would prevent the fire from ever starting. It's an induction prevention system. And so this is one of our newest pieces of technology. We think it's going to be used in a lot of data centers, possibly in lithium-ion batteries, places where heat is the cause of the, of the fire. Those are both very exciting. It's clear that your passion for saving lives has been a driving force behind the development of all of these devices. What recommendations do you have for others who may have an idea or an invention related to firefighting that they want to develop? Oh, gosh, man. The first thing I would do is reach out to myself 
contact me. My, I'll give you my cell phone number. It's 920-214-8500. Call me. The reason is inventors like myself really need to band together. Introducing new technology to the fire service is extremely challenging. There is so much that's going on that you have to take into account. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of money involved. And there are some really wonderful technologies that are on the market. There's one that automatically closes doors when there's a fire. That saves lives. There's one that automatically turns off the power to your house when the smoke alarm goes off. That saves lives. As a fire service population, as a, as a people, as a family, we need to adopt these things. We need to encourage innovation. There's this new thing called wave extinguishers where we can now use sound to turn off fire, like in a surround sound system in a house. These are powerful, powerful technologies. And if we can uh, adopt them and put them into use, we can stop fire in the United States. And that's why I became a firefighter. I think we have to come back to that core, stopping fires, saving lives, preventing property loss. Together, the innovators can network and build our resources and lobby and take on the various groups that don't want innovation to disrupt their current industry. And that's certainly a future of firefighting that I can get excited about. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners today? We are just incredibly grateful for all of the support that we've received. I don't take lightly the idea that I've invented a new product. And I, and I, I do talk about the history and all of the different folks that have helped me get to this point from Thomas Edison forward to all of the people who have created monoammonium phosphate and figured out that that stuff is excellent on fire. So I, I want to give a hat tip to all of those inventors out there who, who helped me get to where I am. And I hope someday I can help other inventors come out with a product that helps save lives and stops fires. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Grant. The Fireball is such a wonderful culmination of good ideas and an easy way for anyone to protect their home or property and to feel good about it too, knowing that they aren't bringing something harmful or toxic into their living or working space. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Stay safe out there and until next time. For more information about our podcast and today's episode, visit our website at keythemic.org. That's key the mic.org.